Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in Greenville, South Carolina. And as always, you can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs. Please go to the show notes. You'll find my phone number, my email address. I have it out there for the masses. You can contact me for any of your real estate needs that you have whatsoever in Greenville or even outside of Greenville. We have a relocations department. I can help you in any part of the country. Although, obviously, if you want the personal stand touch, that can only happen directly here in the Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, etc. area. Um, And just a reminder, as always, if you like this show, if you enjoy it, if you want to support it, please, if you're watching in YouTube, because this is in YouTube now, please hit the like button on the episode. Please subscribe to my channel on YouTube. It's uh, You can find it not by searching Selling Greenville. It's a little bit confusing because somebody locked that up like a decade ago. Um, But just search Stan McCune. You will find it um, if you just search that in YouTube. Um, And then... If you're listening to this on whatever podcast app that you prefer, please subscribe. Uh, If you're using Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and a review. And those are the only things that I ask of you guys besides that you hopefully at some point use me as your realtor. Uh, Today we're going to talk about uh, the national trends of real estate right now, specifically comparing the the current market to uh, what we saw back in 2008. Now, before we get into that, I'm going to start by saying that anytime I talk about national trends, even when I'm looking at national statistics, I'm doing it through a Greenville lens because the things that happen in Greenville and the state of South Carolina are quite frankly different than what we see in the rest of the United States. In fact, every real estate market is local to a certain extent. There is an extent to which we're all interconnected, but there's a, a very real reality where we're all independent. What the market is here in Greenville is not what the market is in Tampa, is not what the market is in Tucson, is not what the market is in Seattle. And so all of these markets are individual and they have their own dynamics. But at the same time, there are national trends for us to look at that hold true to a certain extent through all of these. But I I want to warn you that when I talk national real estate, it's always through a Greenville-centric lens. So let's start off with that. Now, secondly, with regard to uh, what we're looking at here, there is a big debate right now over what is happening in the real estate market. And it's actually a heated debate. I didn't realize this uh, until just recently on Twitter, but there are two very distinct camps right now. There is the the market fundamentals in, in the current state of the market are completely different than what we saw in 2008, 2009, when we had the uh, the Great Recession, which was a housing uh, market recession, and the housing market completely collapsed. Um, there are people that are uh, that say that it's completely different. None of the statistics would indicate that we're in anything. It resembles what happened in 2008, 2009, uh, and thereafter. And then there is the other group. And, and this is the group that tends to be a little bit more heated, and, and I don't know why. I don't know why they're angry. I actually asked a guy, why do you sound angry um, online about this? Um, but they are insistent, no, 
the housing market is collapsing just like it did in 2008-2009. And everything is very similar to what it was back then. So it's very interesting. We have two camps that are, are looking at the same data and coming to very different conclusions. And so I feel like it's worth it for us to look at some of this data. And Black Knight Financial Services, which tracks a lot of very helpful mortgage-related uh, data and delinquency foreclosure-related data, um, they've, they've released a bunch of slides and a bunch of information uh, this past week that I found to be extremely helpful. And so I want to share some of that with you guys today. And so, again, um, for those of you that are um, potentially that have the option to watch on YouTube, you may find this helpful because we're going to be looking at several slides on, on here, but I'm also going to describe to you all that, that prefer to listen to the audio only. So the first thing that I'm going to look at and that we need to discuss here is existing home sales. This is one of the most interesting things that we can look at. And I'm looking at a slide that's from uh, Vetify Advisor Perspectives. And this looks at existing home sales going all the way back to the late 90s, all the way through February of 2023. Now, here's what we find interesting. We have two very distinct peaks and four very distinct valleys on this slide. The first peak, the first peak I don't know where that, uh, that accent came from, but the first peak that we see is right around 2006. That is the number one peak of home sales when home sales hit 7.26 million at their absolute top. And then we don't see it go above six again after it, it falls off because obviously we know that, that the housing market crashed. It fell all the way down to uh, to one of those valleys, but we don't see it go back up again above six until uh, 2020. And that was when it hit the next peak right before 2021 of 6.73. So we have these two distinct peaks uh, between roughly uh, 2000, the end of 2005 into 2006 and the end of 2020 into 2021. Those are the very clear peaks of when home sales uh, hit their, their top line, 6.73 million and 7.26 million. In between, we have a, a few massive valleys and a few mini peaks. And so obviously the, the two biggest valleys that we have where that chart just completely drops off is in 2000, the end of 2008 into 2009 where home sales really bottomed out into 3.77 million then they kind of rebounded a little bit, but then they bounced back down and went all the way back down to 3.5 million. That is the lowest number, uh, 3.45 million. That's the lowest number. And that was in the middle of 2010. Um, the lowest number on this entire graphic right here. And by the way, these are these are seasonally adjusted annualized rate of monthly sales uh, from the National Association of Realtors in case uh, you really want to, to nerd out on that data. Um, but then after that crash in 2010, home sales started increasing, and they they kept going up. They made their way up into 2013. Then we had another uh, little valley that is just kind of expected as the market fluctuates. They kept going up a few little valleys here or there. Um, they started to go back down in 2019, and I, I remember um, towards the end of 2019, my broker at the time 
thought that we were heading into a mini housing market recession. Well, then we all know what happened. 2020 happened, the pandemic happened, and then we had another one of these massive valleys when the market uh, basically was just suspended for essentially a couple of months. And we went all the way back down after we had been hovering around the five and a half million range. That was kind of where things kind of leveled off in, uh, you know, between 2015 to, to 2019. We were seeing roughly five and a half million uh, home sales per year. Um, there, or uh, sorry, five and a half million home sales per month on this chart, um, adjusted per the adjusted annualized rate of monthly sales. Um, it dropped all the way down to the second, or depending on how you look at it, but up to that point, the second lowest valley, or, or just the lowest valley beyond what we had during the Great Recession. So it went all the way down to 4.01 million home sales uh, right after we went into lockdowns and all of that, which we're now, uh, we, we just surpassed the the three-year mark of when all of those lockdowns happened. Well, it was right after that 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 uh, number jumps all the way back up to 6.73. So a, a reasonable explanation of why it went so high so fast is because there was a backlog of buyers, right? There was a backlog of real estate transactions that had to happen. Um, so that 4.01 number, when the market completely bottomed out simply because we went into lockdowns, it had to overcorrect. And it did overcorrect with a bunch of home sales that then followed throughout the rest of 2020. And then obviously this, th these numbers continue to be elevated in the, the 6 million range above that standard 5.5 that we had been seeing until we see another major drop off. This is when mortgage rates start going up. We see a major drop off and now all the way down to uh, at the beginning of this year to the lowest number since the Great Recession, exactly 4 million. Now, why is this important? It's important because we are already in a housing market recession, okay? this It's very easy to look at this and just be like, oh, wow, yeah, look at this. Uh, interesting. We've had all these ups and downs. We are in the worst housing market since the Great Recession from the standpoint of existing home sales. That is super duper important. And if you don't think about anything else, consider that one thing. That is the, the most important consideration from this. What we are experiencing right now is already comparable in many ways to what happened in 2008, 2009. You say, well, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't. And so that's going to be something that we're going to talk about as we continue with the show. Uh, but guess what? In February, it, the number bounced back up. It bounced back up from all the way down to that bottom that it hit in January of 4 million sales. It bounced back up to 4.58. So we're seeing a very quick bounce. Now, does that mean that there's going to be an additional drop that happens later? Very possible. This is these are where a lot of these debates are coming from. People aren't aren't sure exactly where all of these numbers are going to go. From what I see, the market seems like it's heating up as we're entering the busy season. Again, from a Greenville perspective, I can't speak to some of the other markets that uh, my listeners might be listening from. From the standpoint of the Greenville market, 
I can definitely feel things have been heating up uh, for quite some time now. And uh, on the national level, it appears to have been happening as well. But we are currently in a housing market recession. But I've been telling you guys this for a while if you've been listening to the show. There, we are in a new normal. The market has been fundamentally changed forever by the pandemic. Things are not going to feel the way they felt five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It is not going to feel the same. It's, uh, it's a very different environment from what we've experienced in the past. All right, I'm going to move on to my next slide here. New real estate listings. So now we have to ask, okay, why is this new normal? How can we be in the worst housing market recession? And I'm not going to count the pandemic because that was an artificial recession. Um, from Artificial from the standpoint of it wasn't caused by natural economic things. It was caused by a very... Uh, strange phenomenon that then resulted in political lockdowns that are debated to this day whether they should have been done to the extent that they were. Um, I'm not going to get into any of that because that's not going to be profitable for anyone at this point. You all have your opinions and you're going to hold on to them regardless of what I say. Um, but we need to discuss, okay, let's let's just get rid of that. Um, and, and even if we don't get rid of it, we can still say that we're in the worst housing market recession since the Great Recession, since we were just coming out of the Great Recession in that 2010-2011 uh, uh, period of time. And so why does it feel different? All right, so let's look at uh, new real estate listings when, if we're comparing to pre-pandemic. So the percent difference of real estate listings from uh, from various different periods of time in comparison to the same month average from 2017 to 2019. What we find is during the pandemic, there is obviously a massive drop in real estate listings. That is the largest drop. It went down 37% in comparison to same month average uh, of 27 to 2019. And then it gradually started to build back up. Um, And then the chart kind of fluctuates with some months being positive in new real estate listings, some months being negative. The important thing is that we see a, a weird trend where it went uh, really low and then started to creep back up and then started to go back down again um, in terms of real estate listings really dropping off. And this is the environment that we're in right now. Real estate listings have completely dropped off and have completely disappeared uh, basically the past 12 months. This has been since the Fed has started uh, again, increasing these interest rates. And so now you have this dynamic, which we've talked about before, of people uh, being scared to sell because there's nothing to buy. Or maybe people don't want to sell because now they're they're locked into this you know, 2.875 cushy 30-year loan. Why would I sell and give up that to then now have to get a loan at 6.5%, 7%, whatever you qualify for as a mortgage rate, you're going to spend disproportionately more money uh, to not get the amount of house that that would that that would have bought the previous uh, two years prior to all of these mortgage rate increases. Um, and so here we are. We're we're in a cycle of real estate listings being way, way down. And I don't see this changing anytime soon because if all these people locked into these cushy 30-year mortgage rates, 
for like almost free money. And it's going to be really hard for people to surrender that and to put their house on the market to move somewhere else unless they have to relocate for something or unless they're in a situation where they can no longer afford their mortgage, which is something that we'll be talking about in a little bit. So this is a big reason why the the housing market is different than what it was in 2008. Guess what? In 2008, there was a lot more new listings coming on the market. And, uh, and that's what we're going to be talking about next. So let's look next at this, uh, if you're looking on YouTube, this chart is active listings. So obviously what follows when there's new listings is then that directly impacts active listings. So active listings had a mean, which is a, a, a fancy way of saying average, of around uh, 2.3 million. If, again, if you're looking at this on YouTube, you'll see thousands on, on the right, but these are thousands of thousands. So think of this. Uh, where it says 2,500, that's actually 2.5 million. So active listings, the average uh, number of active listings on this graphic is roughly 2.3 million active listings. Um, you see that from the 80s through basically 2007, it really hovered around that number, and that was really consistent. And then right before the Great Recession, the, the number jumps way up to... 4 million active listings right before 2008. And so here is a, a big aspect of what happened um, back in 2008 is that we had an insane amount of supply. Remember, economics are all about supply and demand. We had a massive boost in supply uh, that was fueled by home builders and a lot of other things that um, just by far outweighed the demand. And so uh, we see this in, insane increase that just basically happens overnight where, where supply goes from b roughly 2.3 million active listings to roughly 4 million active listing listings. Um, and then bottom falls out of the housing market. And then we have been in a complete decline ever since then. And that decline had kind of leveled off a little bit around the uh, roughly 2013 to 2016 range. But then we've seen active listings get lower and lower each, basically each year since 2016. And the reason for that, uh, a lot of it has to do is just absorption, just more demand in the marketplace. We, we have millennials coming on board, becoming a major buying force, really more so than Generation X ever was. Even Gen X came on board to some extent during this time. There was a lot of Gen Xers that really got hit hard by the Great Recession, and they weren't able to start buying until uh, the late 2010s. They found themselves buying their first home in 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, and then, of course, a lot of baby boomers have entered retirement age the past 10 years, and they have the largest net worth of any generation uh, that has ever been tracked as a as a generation for a variety of reasons. And so we've got really three generations, like an unprecedented amount of demand being being uh, put on the market by three consecutive uh, and, and simultaneous generations. Um, and that has just brought way more demand into the marketplace 
to absorb up active listings combined with, and this is very important, I don't have a slide for this, um, but I just know this from my residual knowledge of, of what has happened, um, home builders never ramped up back to their pre-Great Recession levels of home building. They didn't. They took a much more conservative approach and they've been much more measured and much more guarded in terms of how much development they've been doing. And so the net result of all of that is that we've gone from a peak of 4 million active listings right before 2008 to the most recent uh, data has us right around 1 million active listings. A, an entire, uh, depending on how you look at it, basically a 75% drop off from what we were right before or depending on the way you think about it, right in the Great Recession. So this is why it feels different, okay? Has demand fallen off the cliff as a result of mortgage rates? Absolutely. There was a massive drop in demand as a result of mortgage rates. But guess what? There has also been a massive drop in active listings for all of the reasons that I just described. And so even though... Uh, during the Great Recession, well, you, you, people are expecting the market to be like the Great Recession, where it's like, oh, you know, my neighbor, they they lost 30% of their home value, like, overnight. And so this is what people are waging war on Twitter and some of these other uh, platforms, arguing that this is going to happen again. And the counter-argument to that is, we have 25% the amount of active listings that we had back then, but we have more demand, we d back then, uh, back in 2008, what was the predominant buyer pool back then? Like, what generation was entering the market? It was basically Gen X. Well, they were crushed by the Great Recession. As I already said, baby boomers, a lot of them, guess what? How, let me ask you this. How many people in their 60s uh, do you know that have been in the same house for 20 or 25 years? Guess what? They are con they are a major contributor to this. They bought a house before the Great Recession. And you know what? They're perfectly content to stay there. They have just been there for 20, 25 years as the same generation that uh, has been, has had the same job for, in some cases, 20, 25, 30, 35 years. Things are just different now than they were back then, obviously. Um, my generation, other uh, similar generations, we move around a lot more. Um, and so a lot of these things weigh in with the result that active listings are at a historical, historical low. And it, 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 there, there's nothing quite like it. I mean, this chart goes all the way back to the early 80s, and nothing on here is nearly as low as what we're seeing now. And, uh, and so the result of that is we can have a recession, and a res but have a housing market recession that feels much different than it did in 2008. Here's another reason why it feels a lot different. You look at national delinquency rates, specifically on first lien mortgages, so not including like home equity lines of credit, things like that. Um, the delinquency rate is also at an all-time low. We are at uh, 3.45%, the average 4.54%. So we are well below the average uh, delinquency rate. 
but if you're looking at this on YouTube, look at when it spiked. Again, this is during the Great Recession, and it but it was starting to build well before the the Great Recession actually happened. And so these delinquencies, when people went into foreclosure, that was a huge factor in what drove prices down. Because prices don't just fall in a vacuum, right? I, I, the arguments that you hear from people on Twitter is they, they bring up these spreadsheets that show, all right, here's what the average person could buy two years ago or three years ago, four years ago, and here's what the average person can buy now. And it's like, yeah, that, that's a big housing affordability problem. Like, we do have that. We have a housing affordability problem, but it, it's still not the same because, it, again, even if housing becomes affordable and that uh, unaffordable and that causes demand to drop, we still have the issue of prices don't tend to go down. People just tend to not list their homes. This is the thing, and that's exactly what's happening. People just aren't listing their homes, whereas in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, People were going into foreclosure. Why are they not going into foreclosure? Because they have so much equity in their home right now. And even if somehow the market contracted so much that people lost 10, 15, 20% of their equity, they would still have enough equity that they would be able to list their home and sell it without going into foreclosure. Now, if they if the listings went up, then that would uh, open up some of these constraints that we have in the market right now. But it would not open things up to the extent that they got opened up uh, during the Great Recession when people went into foreclosure and now homes were selling per, for pennies on the dollar. My first home I bought for $80,000. Um, it was a foreclosure and I bought it for $80,000 and um, uh, Fannie Mae paid for some of my closing costs. Was it Fannie Mae? Uh, no, it was HUD. HUD paid for even some of my closing costs as well. Um, and... It's in a great part of Greenville. I use it now as an Airbnb property. Um, and that was that was my first home. That's unthinkable now to buy an $80,000 home in a, in a good part of Greenville. Um, but that was the way the market was. And that was a home that was just sitting. That home had been on the market for a long time. I didn't want to buy that home. I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, I even told my wife, when we went to look at it, I was just like, I, I don't want, I don't want to to look at this home. But we were just running out of options because we kept getting outbid on the things that we could afford. Uh, and and that might sound surprising that during the Great Recession that we were getting outbid. But hey, believe it or not, during any market there are bidding wars, and when you identify good good deals in any market, you're going to run into competition. And that's what we did. And our first home we bought was uh, was a foreclosure that nobody else wanted because it was uh, a overpriced, um, but it was also it just needed so much work. So the the foreclosure dynamics that we're experiencing right now, nothing, nowhere near comparable to what happened in two thousand eight. Um, how could we possibly get to what happened in two thousand eight? That's if the uh, unemployment rate started going way up. If people really started to lose their jobs and then they they really just, I mean, it, it would have to be people that put very, very low down payments the past few years and they lose their job and they just, perhaps they bought like a year and a half ago so they haven't seen quite the amount of 
uh, of equity explosion that uh, in a positive way that some people did. You know, the people that bought in like 2020, their home has gained 35, 40% value since that time. So again, even if even if it loses a bunch of value, they're still going to be just fine. Um, but the people that bought a year, year and a half ago, maybe uh, bought right on the on the fringe of what they could afford, and their home hasn't gone up as much in value as some of the others around us. Um, and now they they potentially lose their job. Those are the people that are going to be the most at risk for going to foreclosure. But the foreclosure rates right now still historical lows. Next, we're going to look at the uh, Black Knight Home Price Index. And so this is looking at uh, a few different things, but essentially the the annual home growth rate as well as the monthly change. You've got the monthly change just straight up, and you've got the monthly change annualized. Now, what we see on here is um, basically the annual home growth price rate, it looks like it's coming down. Like It, it looks like uh, prices are are going down on homes. But actually, if you're looking at the graph, here's the 0% line. So the black line, which is the annual home growth price growth rate, is still above 0%. And so the most recent, uh, which was February of 2023, we saw a 1.9% year-on-year increase. We also saw a monthly increase. Now, here's an interesting thing. Prior to February, we had seen multiple consecutive months of uh, of negative price growth based on this price index. Several months of that. Well, then that reversed in February of 2023. Um, why? Uh, the reason why I think that that is is because inventory ha- has is going down. I've seen this in Greenville. Um, when I uh, I recorded a podcast not too long ago, where I I looked at the active homes for sale and it was around like 3,200. Um, I haven't looked the past week, but like a week ago I looked and it was 2,600. I mean, just in a few weeks, we had lost, you know, like 15% of the of the number of active listings. Like that's insane. That's an insane drop in inventory that just happened in, in a very short period of time. And so what's happening is I think we're seeing all of these people ramping up as we go into the spring season, people now recognize this new normal. They realize, oh, if I wait, uh, you know, another six or eight months, there's a good chance that rates are still high. And even if they come down a little bit, they're probably not going to come down that much to really matter. So I might as well just go ahead and enter this market and try to find something to buy now, even though uh, prices are still high, rates are still high, Everything is not as affordable as it was. People have just had to come to grips with this. And so we had a, a several months of, of pushback that happened that did result in, in us seeing a, a lower price index. Nothing, again, if you're looking at the graphic, nothing in comparison to what we saw in, in the Great Recession, um, but still a little bit of a drop that is, uh, again, in Greenville, we haven't seen a, a drop in prices. We haven't had negative price growth or depreciation, um, at least not on any meta level that we've tracked. But again, on a national level, based on the Black Knight home price index, we did see that until the past month. And so what's going to happen? Is this is this black line going to go up? Are we going to see the annual home price growth rate go up? No, most, most people that I trust think that this will 
see some time down below 0% that we will see on a national scale, and I'll show you why in a second, that we will see on a national scale um, prices show uh, some sort of depreciation for a few months, and then perhaps by the end of the year, it'll hop back up and and start to see um, appreciation again. Which, by the way, if you if you look at at uh, the historicals, this goes up and down. Um, it's not typically below zero percent unless we're we're in you know a bad recession like what we we're in in two thousand eight. Um, but these are are strange times. Um, but it will be interesting to see. If I, I think that there's a very good chance that the spring buying season pushes these numbers up and that we actually see instead of just the 1.9% price growth, which is a huge drop off from what we saw 20% not too long ago, that the 1.9% um, rather than continuing to go down as I hear people say that they think it will, that it, it could actually reverse the trend and keep going back up. Now, um, Someone on Twitter that, again, I keep referencing Twitter because I've had arguments with people on here about this. Someone uh, started calling me names and insulting me for uh, for expressing my opinion on this, that that basically agreeing with, with another person who's an expert um, in the housing market. Um, I believe he's with Housing Wire. Um, I, I was basically like, you know, you can believe that the market is going to crash like it did in 2008. But where's your data? What data are you coming up with? All of the data would indicate that this isn't going to happen. And uh, and there was a lot of anger uh, that was uh, that was responded to with that. And, and the guy said, go ahead and cling to your National Association of Realtor uh, data, blah, blah, blah. And my response to him was, Listen, you don't know anything about me. I would love for prices to go down. I represent a lot of investor clients. You realize how incredible it would be for my investor clients if prices started to go down? I flip houses on the side. You know how nice that would be for me? Like, I have been preparing for this for a long time. I've been ready for a recession for a long time. Um, But the reality is that I don't see it. I don't see... The, like I said before, we are in a housing market recession, but I don't see prices going down with that recession to the extent that a lot of people think that they will. Um, we saw prices uh, in our last GGAR market stats basically flatline year on year, but with the amount of activity that I'm seeing right now, it would it would pretty much at this point be surprising in the Greenville area if we don't see um, at least moderate increases year on year. Uh, continue at least through the busy season, but we'll have to track that. Um, it, again, this is all very new, a very new normal, and all bets are off. Um, last thing we're going to look at here is the month-over-month change in home price index. And we, we just talked about the home price index, but it's important for us to look at regionally what's happening. And so essentially what's happening is that the HPI, the home price index, is being dragged down by the West. California, uh, Arizona, Utah, Washington State. Um, there, there's even, I'm not sure which city it is, but there's a major city on Texas. Uh, in Texas, uh, perhaps that's uh, Dallas maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't want to say. Um, but there are several major markets out West that are seeing declines in their home price index. But 
nothing, not a single thing, if you go east of Texas, is seeing is seeing a decline. Everywhere else is seeing moderate increases in the home price index, um, except for uh, a little sliver up in, uh, which I guess is referencing uh, New York, is just kind of flat at 0%. But here in South Carolina, um, we had 0.2%. And and then it, it appears it, it's kind of hard to read this uh, to read this map, but it appears that North Carolina was 0.1 percent uh, and Georgia was 0.2 percent. Um, so basically, we have a divide between the east of the the eastern part of the United States and the western part of the United States. The western part of the United States is seeing price declines. The eastern part of the United States is still seeing price increases. And the because the West it disproportionately pulls things down in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of the decreases that we saw on on the previous things that that we looked at, um, I think we can attribute primarily to the West. And so this is, uh, and and specifically to the West Coast. And so this is why I say I always when I'm talking about national trends, it's always through a Greenville lens because Greenville is just going to be different. We're, we're going to have this national data um, for the United States, which is a huge country, massive country. Like we tend to forget that the U.S. is one of the largest geographic countries in the world and we have houses being bought and sold in every municipality within this country, I guess. Um, it sounded good at least. Um, but we have houses being bought and sold all throughout this country, um, and the dynamics in each of these sub-markets are not the same. And so, again, if if you're looking at this and, and you're trying to wrap your head around, understand that we have seen buyer demand drop off that is causing essentially a housing market recession, but at the same time, we're not seeing prices go down yet. It could happen. But we're not seeing it yet. Um, and unless we start to see inventory pick up, unless more people start listing their homes, unless somehow people start losing their jobs and going to foreclosure, th- this is what it's going to be probably for the next year, perhaps longer. We're going to see a suppressed market. We're going to see fewer closings. But it's going to still feel like a seller's market because it is still a seller's market until more sellers start listing their homes for sale. So the market is not like 2008. If if you um, if you want to believe that it's like 2008, I've got bad news for you. It it is not like 2008. If I start to see it change in a way that I'm like, oh crap, this looks like 2008. I will let you guys know. You'll be the first to know. All of you wonderful listeners of this show. Um, I appreciate all of you guys. If you appreciate me and you appreciate the show, please like, subscribe, rate, review. Please reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes. If if I can help you with any of your real estate needs, I am your guy. Thank you once again for listening, and we will talk again next time.